Hello and welcome to the Feats and Fables, 5th edition streaming game just for adventurers like yourself. You can find us on Twitter, Pod, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Feats and Fables. If you want to watch us live and chat with us and have, hear our special game, uh, after game porch lag, 15 minutes to answer questions from our, our chat, you'll need to join us on Twitch from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time on Monday night. Our entire backlog is on our YouTube channel, so it's easy to catch up with. I'm Paige Lightman, your DM, and I'd like to welcome you to Aglaron, a peaceful pastoral nation of half-elves. Our heroes of Aglaron are part of the Foresters. They're a group of elite scouts and rangers charged with defending Aglaron's borders, particularly against undead from the evil fascist nation of Bay. Our heroes have recovered an ancient elven artifact and had every intention of taking it back to Aglarond, but it pulled them into the Feywild. Our heroes battled an old foe and are going to the Feywild city of Midrindane, accompanied by a unicorn named Lyndon. Let's meet our heroes. Sad, sadly, I don't have an introduction for Lyndon the Unicorn, but... So, we said Victor Toussaint, a human eldritch knight fighter played by Ron Frankie. Just romping through the Feywild. We'd like to send out a special hello to all of the members of the lovely Frankie family. Thank you. <laughs> we have Wildfire, a fire genasi of Ochre Wizard played by Joe Streaky. I think we're all totally going to be fine here. Let's just head on back to Agron. It's totally fine. And we have Ross, a lizard boat Drake Warden Ranger and Barbarian, played by Coda of Kodab Games. Hello, everyone. We have Malagar, a drow Twilight cleric, played by Dr. Andrew Wong. Who is muted. I have to say, I've only had the best time. Yes, a few <laughs> drinks. I've only ever had the best time when I uh, sampled some of the the, the mushrooms in the Feywild and laid down for a spell. It's always been interesting. I suggest we follow suit. And last but not least, we have the heart of the team, Belwyn, a dwarven paladin princess played by Ben Heiser. Wait, I'm the heart of the team? You're the heart of the house. I'm the heart of the house. <laughs> I'm at least the heart of the protective aura. You are indeed <laughs> the heart of of the protective aura, and that is really important these days. That aura has saved us countless times. Well, I certainly didn't count, so it's definitely countless. <laughs> also, it hasn't saved us from an evil count, therefore it's countless. As opposed to being uncounted. Now it is uncounted countless times. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just to remind you, you have uh, you are still on the battlefield besides a lovely rolling brook in the Feywild. It is hovering about evening time, just after sunset. On the far shore of the creek, there is a outcropping of glowing pinkish-purple crystals. 
And uh, you have just slain a trio of red caps. Red caps that you had uh, uh, antagonized back in the prime material. I'm going to have to go back and listen to our old episodes because I don't think I antagonized this one. Belwin didn't, but yes. I mean, Rossley. Now I've antagonized them. High five, team. They're definitely antagonized at this point. In fact, they are so antagonized, they are, in fact, the dead. Paige, I'm I'm fascinated because like this is this is all new for Ross. Mm-hmm. Last time we fought these, their bodies like melted back into the Feywild, right? You did. did. Anything like that now? Like, what does a dying Fey look like? Uh, so it looks like they look like big honking corpses. Hmm. Like they they have, they're laid out on the green, mm-hmm. laid on the green, and uh. They're they're bleeding and they're uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, they're bleeding out or dead already. I believe Belwyn spared hers. Yes, one of them uh, is not dead. Yes, and okay. Brother Foundler reaches out and tells us that uh, she he believe they believe. I'm just gonna say they uh, believe covered in fetid mushrooms. Yes. That seems appropriate. Mm. I believe Coach Grenade about making deep fried mushrooms with those, but I'm not sure we should. I mean, I remember they were giant. Did they shrink down like as if they were there under the effects of some sort of nope. enlargening spell? They are still large sized creatures. Well, if they have corpses, that means they might have loot. <laughs> I mean, you know what they definitely have? They definitely have boots, and I'm definitely thinking about taking them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not loincloths, but I'm branching out. I was going to say, can you take the mushrooms and can you dehydrate them and turn them into leather and then make mushroom leather loincloths straight from the Feywild? I don't know that I've ever tried, but with hairs like these... They, they do have hair, right, Paige? Yeah. Excellent. It's and scraggly, kind of... And these greasy-looking gray hair with blood in it. And these caps, I'm sure I could fashion something. Do we really have time to do this? I'm already packing some some hair and some red cap into my bag of uh, loincloth making. Are you <laughs> oh actually God. taking one of their hats? Yes. Are you putting it on your head? No, God, no. I'm putting it into my loincloth-making bag. Oh, good. For a second there, it sounded like, no, I'm not putting it on my head. I'm putting it into my loincloth. <laughs> Look, it's Paige. Going on, it's going on the big head or the little head, apparently. Oh, Paige, I am sure that somebody somewhere will someday put that on, on their bodies, but that day is not now, and that person is not me. At this point in time. I mean, yes. I mean, just let me know if you would choose to uh, Paige, wear the the hat of a red cap. Paige, you will be the first to know when I wear a loincloth made of the hair and hat of a red cap. Good stuff. Um, to, to Wildfire's point, we probably can't spend forever here, but if they have any obvious jewelry or belt pouches... Um... um Yes, they do have uh, belt pouches. 
Um, they do have obvious jewelry, but it's mostly made out of bone and what looks to be silver. Because we might have to bargain our way back to the prime material. Sure. Uh, you collect a number of rings and earrings. Um, and uh, in their pouches, there are assortments of small pieces of crystal. You find a couple of uh, uh, decidedly rare stakes. And by rare, I do mean raw. Uh, wrapped up in, in leather. Delicious. And uh, you also find... Victor, do you mind if I hold on to those sticks? You also find you... one ebon black feather about, I don't know, eight inches long. Is the feather magical? Yes, it is. So, is this the first time you use detect magic here? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I thought you used it immediately. No, I don't think so, because we were surrounded by... I don't think so. Well... And you're behind I schedule, so I didn't get to listen to last week's show before this one. So, we'll get soon, I promise. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. Real life is thing. Um, uh, so this, I think, this is the first time you've cast um, detect magic in the Feywild. And if it's not, and you missed the show last time, at least you're getting it now. Uh, so when you ritually spend 10 minutes, I suppose, to ritually cast Detect Magic, uh, it only takes like a minute and a half and the spell comes up. Hmm. And everything is extremely magical around here. Like the, the stones and the water and the plants and the trees. And they're a welter of different colors and types of magic that are not represented among the nine schools of, of mortal wizardry. Um, and in fact, you it's so beautiful. Like, you can see the true beautiful essence of, of nature. Like, you, you accidentally glance up in the sky where the first evening stars are starting to come out. And it is so beautiful, uh, it, it could not help but bring tears to your eyes. Um, I will need... A charisma saving for you, sir. Sure. Malagar will, will lean over and whisper into Wildfire's ear, Hey, man, you should look at your hands. <laughs> look at your hands. <laughs> um, and, and when you do, it, it's almost sad. Your flesh is so rough and... Um, uh, mortal... Not and, full of magic. Yeah, not full of the the be beating pulse of magic around here. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you feel impelled to spend a few minutes in wonderment. Wildfire begins. Tears begin streaming down Wildfire's cheeks as he stands there, looking Lean. out across the the entire forest. Lean into it, Wildfire. Just just let it wash over you. I don't know what you're talking about, Wildfire. When I look at my claws, all I see are colors. <laughs> Wildfire hasn't said anything. That's a little different than just, the ritual. Just like he the cast the ritual, magic. and then tears just started streaming down his cheeks. 
Malagar will will sort of keep an eye on Wildfire from this point out. Uh, he's gonna need some, yeah. Everything. Some the so about that meat, Ross. The red caps tend to like sapient prey, so there's a chance that's like lizard folk meat. I would have said I'm willing to risk it. That looks so delicious. Oh, it's a little cannibalism between friends, eh? Malagar will. No, I think it's terrible, but. (laughs) Malagar will hand Wildfire uh, what's basically a pocket watch. (laughs) You'll you'll need this uh, for the next, well, however long this lasts for you. What does this pocket watch do? Uh, well, when Wildfire pops it open, it just says now on the inside. <laughs> nice. See, I thought that was like an Arkham Horror joke. Like, I thought it was going to be like, this stops you from being lost in time and space. No, no. <laughs> uh, so after uh, several moments, Wildfire will finally fully collect himself and examine the feather uh, directly to see if it is normal mm-hmm. magic as opposed mm-hmm. to special magic. It is definitely special magic. So the Hmm. magic flowing through the feather and the the sheen of like dark blue and purple and green on it, because it's so black, it kind of has that rainbow sheen. Um, uh, It is, there's also beautiful magic uh, running through this feather, but it is a different kind of magic where the magic of the Feywild is bright and beautiful and mysterious and lovely and heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. The beauty of the magic in this feather is dark and mysterious and beautiful and heartbreaking. It's hard to explain the difference, except it comes with kind of an aura of beautiful desolation of, uh, of chilling cold and of um, endless despair in lonely, beautiful places. Sure. So, wildfire, much like wildfire, is is totally sure that this is Shadowfell, the Shadowfell magic. Like, there seems like there's no other option here. Um, so, like, do I think it's <clears throat> like, is it magical in a way that I think like it's an it's like some kind of item someone could activate, or is it magical in a way that it's just from the Shadowfell? You think it is magical in that it is some kind of item that someone could activate. Okay. Do the red caps have that kind of magic on them as well? Are they? Uh, so their magic is fading. Sure. Uh, it has that same kind of dark beauty, but it's more normal. Sure. Sure. Do I notice the there are their caps continue to be magical? Oh yes. I will warn Ross that that cap is magical and he should probably leave it here. Um, there so like mushrooms have grown up on them, and uh, small creatures have come out of the ground. Like some of them, no bigger than a uh, golf ball, and uh, they, some of them take like tiny. They're they're like beautiful like. Um, uh, some of them are flying like pixies and sprites and that sort of thing, and several of them look like they're uh, Fae of the Earth. 
that are burrowing fey, like uh, the types of brownies, and they, they take small bites of the, the red caps and draw back with their sharp teeth and their mouths painted red with the with the blood of this creature. So you're saying that I shouldn't bring these if the magical shouldn't we keep them? No. No. Why? Red cap hoods are dangerous. Wouldn't leaving them here be just as dangerous? I kind of look down at all the creatures that are kind of amassing over the the bodies, and I say, I feel like the Feywild has a natural process that will just take care of the hats that we should not worry about. Maybe we should put one on the unicorn. Lyndon looks at you and lowers their horn so it points at you at about breast height and says, I don't recommend trying it. Also known as, I will fuck you up. (laughs) I look at the unicorn. If we leave the hats here, will they be taken care of safely? If you leave them here, they will continue on to their whatever their destinies were randomly determined a long time ago. Should we destroy them? Are they... I think... I'm not sure you can. It w- Well, I am sure you can, but it would take quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I think we're anyways better off leaving them here. I agree. The Feywild has absorbed far more (laughs) terrible things than hats. Paige, I'll take out the hats and I will ceremoniously drop them back into the the rotting mounds that are now the uh, red caps. (laughs) They would have made such fine loincloths. Ain't no reason why they could still. Mm-mm. No, you can totally do that, sir. Yes, wow, but now they've got brownie on them. Once you get a brownie on something, everyone knows it's ruined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know. The campaign's going to take a weird turn when Ross puts that, that uh, loincloth on for the first time. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to put the loincloth on. That is valuable merchandise that I will sell to some hapless uh, level one adventure. It'll be great. You're a monster. Mm. Just be sure to read the papers the next day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we should uh, head out. I just, oh. I want our viewers to know that level one adventurer could be your next character, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Uh, did we find out what the feather does or just that it's magical? Just as magical. I would need to identify it. We can do that later. Lyndon, uh, the unicorn trots over uh, their hooves splashing in the stream and says I believe that is a token of the Raven Queen. Who? What does that mean? Well, it means that uh, these red caps probably paid homage to her. Would she be cross with us if we carried it since we don't pay homage to her? 
I actually am not well educated on what the proper rights and propitiations are for the Raven Queen. Okay, I will roll you a knowledge religion. Alright. Victor, do you think she'd be any more cross with us than having killed her servants? I'm hoping she's kind of a... I don't know. She kind of understands her servants are going to die sometimes. I have a 16 page. Alright, so you know that the Raven Queen is one of the more famous residents of the Shadowfell among other uh, gods, goddesses, and powerful spirits of death and negative energy and decay. Mm -hmm. Um, She is largely thought... So, like, if you ask a layman about her, that person might say, well, she's evil, everything there is evil. But it's much more complicated than that. She is actually um, decidedly neutral. Mm -hmm. And her job in the great celestial machine is to judge the souls of the dead who are not otherwise pledged to a particular uh, patron. Um, and she lives in the Shadowfell, and she has taken the people called Shadarkai uh, under her wing as her uh, as her followers. Um, she obviously has more followers. Uh, beside that, there are in fact clerics of paladins, whatever, of the Raven Queen in the Prime Material. They're not, they're rare, but not unknown in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, And her symbol is the raven, obviously, so that's why the feather. Um, You don't necessarily think that just carrying around this feather is likely to uh, likely to piss her off. She's got kind of a funny... Like, most people pray to gods to protect them, to provide for them, to give them power or succor or love. Mm-hmm. The Raven Queen uh, provides no succor or love. And she is very cold about her followers have to fucking stick up for themselves. Um... So unless you used it to do something specifically disrespectful to her, just carrying it around isn't going to cause any problems. I think it should be safe enough to carry around and we can identify what its intent is when we get to the city. Should we get moving then? Linden uh, stands in the stream, and uh, the moon is starting to rise now above the trees, and uh, you see moonlight sparkle through the trees and on the, the rolling waters of the creek and uh, the foam as it cascades around the unicorn's hooves, and it is a, a beautiful, perfect moment of loveliness uh, to capture. The unicorn makes a non-committal equine shrug and says... If you want, it seems like your fan club got here early, but I don't sense anything else from the Shadowfell here. It could be that they're 
sort of watching and waiting. Well, at the very least, I won't have to worry too much anymore about saying that imp's name. <laughs> it wasn't an imp. It was a, was a red cat. It was a red cat. Mm. Whatever. It's dead now, and that's all that really matters. Do you think it's going to stick better than last time? I mean, it certainly seemed to. I'll look to... I'll look to the people who are more smarter than me for that answer. I look at yeah. everyone else. Six of one, half dozen of the other. Dude. What That's could go wrong? <laughs> it is certainly more dead than last time. I mean, its body didn't melt. That's a good sign, right? <laughs> Lyndon uh, weighs in and says, Well, they aren't mortal. It's not really possible to kill us, but I think it will be a long time before that particular creature has enough power to manifest again. And when it does, I will be more than happy to hand its steel-toed boot back up its... Well, where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, even the unicorn gives a, a horsey snort of amusement. It says, come on this way, unless you choose to rest here. I Is anyone pass. else seeing lines everywhere? Lines? Oh. The, the Fate Wild is a little difficult for mortalized resolve. I, I pat you on the shoulders we're walking forward, Ross, and say, Ross, don't worry. By the time the creature remanifests, you'll be dead. Then I'll leave it to my descendants <laughs> to hand it its. Well, you'll have to prepare them for that eventuality. I can just see your descendants. With grave solemnity, handing their children an iron boot of large make and be like, someday, something will come and try and kill you for this. But keep it, because that's the honorable thing to do. <laughs> I mean, are, are you taking the boots as well? I mean, if we're taking the boots, we have to take the boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. Good lord, no. The boots are he had, he had mentioned he was going to take a boot. He might have changed his mind. No, I'll take boot. If if nobody tells me not to, I will take a boot. Uh, no, they do not appear to be magical, but they are extremely well made. And your flagon's boots have a G in the back of them somewhere. Excellent. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to wear something like this ever. It seems like it make it so hard to move around. But I will. JFA, it's fine. When you, when you, it's not easy to remove said boot. Like, <laughs> it is a whole thing. Uh, but again, so much alas, baby oil. we were moving. Yes. I mean, unless we're removing boots and talking about red cap hats for an hour, in which case, let me know. <laughs> Good lord, no. Okay. Uh, so as you head on to, um, to Mithrandane, uh, the forest changes. Um, the the temperature gets a little cooler. 
the um, there's a faint crisp tang in the air and you can smell the almost sweet smell of rotting leaves and as you look around uh, the forest has slowly changed as you have walked into a the full autumn glory of a of a forest the trees are decked out in brilliant hues of red and yellow that even in the moonlight fairly sparkle. Uh, and it is uh, certainly somewhere past dinner time uh, till you see the glowing lights of a city up in the tree, up in the bowls of an enormous tree. Um, the city is. It seems like there are some large buildings on the ground, but it kind of spirals around these huge trees, and you see homes and buildings also up in the trees. Um, when you get relatively close, like you can see it a couple of miles away, and when you get within, say, a quarter mile, mm-hmm. uh, Lyndon slows and says, we should keep to the path and not look like we're trying to sneak around for... Uh, surely the Owl Watch will be upon us soon. The what? Owl Watch. I mean, I'll watch to you later, but what does this have to do with anything? Mm. <laughs> Oy, you, inspiration point for a terrible point. Ah! <laughs> Alright. Now the game's really started. <laughs> uh, and as you pass by, you see some lovely cottages. On uh, the trail has become kind of a wider path, and uh, they are definitely cottages of elven make, or what you would call elven make, or that look sort of like elven college cottages in the prime material anyway. Uh, and through some of the bare branched trees uh, in front of them, you see that many of the cottages have smiling jack o' lanterns on their porches. And uh, as you go, a black cat is sitting on the side of the path, licking its paw insouciantly as you uh, as you approach the city. Ooh, pet the kitty! Maybe run over there to pet it. It scampers back a couple of feet from you. <laughs> but I have I have treats. It, it at least comes forward to see what kind of food is being offered to it. And when you get close, you realize it does not have the proper dimensions of a cat at all. Its eyes are too wide and too tilted. Uh, the ears are longer and have kind of tufts at the end. And it's 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 large. Like, it's the size of... I mean, it's got to be a 30 or 40 pound cat. Great. I give it treats so I pet the kitty. Okay. Uh, it, it takes the treats from your hand with modest disdain and allows you to pet it uh, without changing its regal manner. <laughs> it looks at you with its golden eyes and slowly closes them. Aww. Who's a good kitty? <laughs> and then it decides it's time to go and walks away with its tail in the air. Tweet. So is there um, some sort of a guard outpost or a wall or? There, there's no wall around the city, but when you're, I don't know, a couple thousand yards from it, 
you see a, a pair of figures almost melt out of the the autumnal woods, and y'all, many of y'all, have lived in Aglaron for a while, or you have lived around elves for a while, or you are an elf, or you're a dwarf, and none of this makes any sense to you. <laughs> I'm pretty familiar uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, you've lived in Aglaron for a while already, though, but still. Less than a year. Sure. Um, these people are somewhat like elves, but also somewhat different. They are taller than elves. They are thinner than elves. Their eyes are larger, and um, they they morph in fantastic colors. Uh, one of them has eyes as golden as the cat, and the other one has eyes um, that are that shade from purple to pink. Um, the two figures are clad in light-looking metal armor, and uh, they have spears, and the helms that they wear are reminiscent of, like, an owl's face and then wings. They're very graceful, beautiful sets of armor. One of them says in a voice that you cannot clearly, uh, in a voice that seems rather androgynous, uh, you are mortals within the Feywild. I presume you have a particular purpose here. Well, first of all, who, who, who are you? <sighs> Please forgive yeah. our traveling companion that uh, I realize we just met on the road and actually are not associated with it all. Oh, nice. <laughs> the goat, though, is our good friend. <laughs> what a package deal. Uh, my name is Alaris, and this is my uh, colleague, Lanaka. Now, I ask again, mortals, what is your business in Mithrandae? Oh, right. Well, uh, this is uh, Victor Chusant. Uh, he's a great and powerful commander of uh, Aglarondian military, and we have uh, we have found ourselves, uh, he and his unit and the cultural attaché, who is me, uh, found ourselves here in the Feywild, and we are looking to get back to Aglarond uh, without any trouble, uh, and with as most expediency as is possible. Yes. The one who called himself uh, Alaris looks at the group of five, well, six with Linden. I'll smile. I mean, I'll smile as well, but like that's never gone well in any social situation. <laughs> Crocodile smile, huh? Yeah. Wildfire's full on double thumbs up. Oh lord, they're gonna kill us! <laughs> I, I smiled the exact way that uh, Victor taught me to smile to not scare everybody. It doesn't. It scare. still ends up looking like. That's okay. They're not gonna be scared of one lizard man in the middle of their city. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. You have business with Aglarond. Interesting. How did you get to the Feywild? Oh, it was mostly an accident. We just kind of, you know, were walking and found ourselves here. Alaris, we carry a... the rest of you. 
expected. We carry a powerful magical item, which I believe brought us here in some fashion. Well, shit, is that what happened? We did not do it on purpose. Huh? It was not intentional. I think the item was trying to protect itself. There were... The location we were at, there were many foes there. Uh, and it, I think, fled here for safety. Though I can but guess, I cannot I cannot divine its will. Nor have I tried, to be honest. It is very powerful. Show me, the figure says. I reach into my pocket and take out the mythal. Alright. It is, it is light as an acorn in your hand. Uh, in the dark... Uh, fall night it shines faintly and uh, with, with a kind of like a, a, a small 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 tiny radius of bright green light like it's not even as bright as a candle um, we, it's not even as bright as a match would you describe it as a firefly yes we, uh, we mean no harm we merely wish to return back to the prime material plane and back to our country uh, Alaris, uh, a smile spreads across their face, and uh, it's it's lovely. Like the this person is just an epitome of beauty. Mm-hmm. And uh, as they smile, uh, you notice that their teeth are faintly pointed. Sure. And uh, they say, "We're glad that you mean us no harm." Imagine my relief. Wildfire kind of sh- shrugs at that. Very well. Come into Mithrindane with us. Queen Tiandra is not here, of course, but perhaps Rowan and Dahlia will wish to talk to you. Of course. Well, Thank good you. news about those negotiations, y'all. Our chat has given us a player inspiration. Hey. We might need it too. Yes, that <laughs> will probably prove useful. Okay, what did you say the queen's name was? Tiandra. Tiandra. Got it. Yep, spell it phonetically. In the original Eladrin, Ladr- it's a... Uh, it's uh, Alright, so you are led into the city, and uh, another pair of Algards fall in behind you. Like, they're not they're just behind you. Like, they're there. You can kind of feel them hovering. They, uh, they aren't close enough to be within arm's reach, but they're not so far back that it looks like they're shadowing you um, uh, from stealth. Well, of course not. They have flyby attack. They're owls. <laughs> uh, and the city in its, in its fall glory is so uh, uh, perfectly set out. There are um, uh, short... The buildings tend to be short and rounded, um, almost um, almost apple-shaped. So it's a very organic uh, nature of it. And they're built into the trunks and bowls of these huge trees. They're bigger than a sequoia. They're easily 60 or 70 feet across. There's only about, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 of them. Um, and the rest of the trees in the area are more of a size that you would see of large, large trees in the criteria. Uh, and the people of the town uh, you see are more of these um, 
people who look like elves, but not elves. Um, you hear a snatch of song from uh, what looks to be some sort of public house, and uh, it's it's a melody known. Like you swear you know it. You heard it maybe growing. Victor, indeed, definitely heard it growing up. But you feel like you heard a version of it, like telephone game version of it, and yours is somewhat uh, dented and degraded version. And this is the music as it was originally meant to be played. Uh, a harp follows it, and uh, the notes are so um, compelling as they quiver through the air that you can practically almost see them. Victor, is is that is there camel's milk in my cup? It's <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful, though. Oh wow! Yeah, even among. <laughs> Yeah. My people, the camel's milk in your cup is a well-known verse. But this, this brings a tear to the eye. It's so, transcendent. First of all, Joe just earned everybody a point of inspiration. <laughs> I mean, if he didn't, I was going to. <laughs> right? It, and it now, somebody something. other than me has to explain the in-joke to our chat. Go go listen to season one. Not no, available on yeah, Not available it, anywhere, so don't do that. <laughs> yeah, thankfully it's not available anywhere. Um Camel's Milk in Your Cup was a uh, a song that was popularized by uh Zasper, who was tall. Uh Zasper was not tall. That's right. No, he was Zasper the hero. He was tall. Right. Sorry, Zasper the hero who was tall. Uh, who was played by our good friend Ron, who mm-hmm. uh, did a great job with that, and yeah. now it's forever imprinted on our brains. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, every bar needs a signature song to get the, you know, get the room on their side and clapping, mm-hmm. and um, that was his. <laughs> I... Our our very first adventure was in a desert setting, so it made more sense then. Of course, we immediately moved to a large city where it was somewhat anachronistic, but that just lended to its charm. Well, that just meant it was exotic. <laughs> uh, Malaga, yes, mother under, under his breath. I, I never really cared for that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the truth comes oh, out. I heard it so many times under questionable circumstances. I just ruined it. it just ruined yes. It. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of that time I worked in the shop and they kept playing the same damn holiday loop. It, just like that. <laughs> this was from our previous existence as a podcast mm. before we discovered the wonders of Twitch. But we're still a podcast for our very loyal listeners. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah, no, it, the transition was a good one. The transition was a good one. Uh, right, so I've described the people and the music. You also smell food. And uh, it is richer and deeper and more mouth-watering smells than you've ever smelled before. The mix of spices is exotic and tangy and everything just seems so much uh, more here. Is it primarily vegetable matter? No, no, you smell roasting meat. Oh, did you keep those steaks? I did. He's incorrigible. Gross. Victor. Meat hoarder. 
can't stop him when he just wants the meat. Surely so, we can stop at one of these dolls. So, Paige, do I know... Have I ever heard of any stories or any, like... Do I know anything about, like, eating... Like, is there any danger for us eating f- food from here? And if this isn't yeah. like a, hey, you eat a pomegranate and then you're stuck in hell for half the, half the year no, kind no. of thing? Seeds. That's wow, it. that was a deep cut. Uh, also, who ever ate six seeds out of a pomegranate and stopped there? Uh, That's why she was stuck there. I'm going to say Persephone. They were, all the other gods are just so insulted by the amount of food she wasted. <laughs> you can stay in Hades for half the year. It clearly showed that the whole thing was a charade for her to get out of her mother's house. Oh, amen. amen I mean, that. look, y'all, we just did a dive on this on Sunday with my, my podcast, or my other stream. Like, why don't you plug it? It, it? Was, it was funny because, like, Hel-K- like, she was actually there because of Zeus being mm-hmm. a petty bitch. Zeus, a petty bitch. Tell me more. Patriarchal misogynist. <laughs> well, I think also, everyone's perception of that myth has been colored by a popular recent game that, is that true. Uh, might not have followed exactly along uh, the lines of everyone's understanding before that game came along. So, do, but have I ever heard of any stories like that? Do I think eating oh, food man, here is relatively safe? Absolutely, heard stories that you sure food that the Fae offer you do, because then you'll be indebted for life, and then you know they take all your pants and put you back. In I the mean, pocket. sure, but are there any stories that I actually believe? I don't know. Make me a give me. Are there stories that I actually believe? How about a history? Sure. So wait, if they offer it, it you're fucked. But if you just say, "Hey, I Actually, want some," I, of that, I've I've personally had right? my pants stolen by the Fae as a result of overconsumption. Multiple times, I'm sure. Multiple times. Yeah, she took a lot of pants at once. It was actually, <laughs> it, it was a big burden because I I it, I wasn't near oh, a place no, where I could get pants. Had to, had to go around pantsless for a while. Oh no. Uh, with a 14 history, uh, you do know that there have been documented cases mm-hmm. where accepting um, food from the Fae has has gone super awry and sure. left you indebted to the Fae. Um, but those were always cases of the Fae offering you food in the prime material. Mm. So do I think if, if commerce is involved, we'll be more safe? Right, like now it's a trade as opposed to a I will just do this for whatever? Possibly. Ooh. Then do we get into fake gift giving and that whole can of worms? Well, I doubt we're that hungry quite yet. It smells really good, like fresh break bread, the the buttery smell of 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 the bread is is uh, drool inducing. Um, the uh, folk of Mithrandane regard you with uh, polite shock um, and in a couple of cases children are abruptly dragged away from you by their parents hmm. I give them a toothy smile as well more children are dragged away by their parents <laughs> Uh, there is a main central structure that is looks like the tree uh, trunk just kind of grew in a way to uh, create an opening and uh, rooms within. And you are taken inside. There are glass uh, globes with candles in them. And the, the smell of the wax is 
is um, just so, like the beeswax, you could almost smell the flowers in it. It almost kind of makes your nose prickle almost. Um, and the glass globes they're in are little panes of, um, like little piles of colored glass. So they uh, give out sort of a pop of rainbow colors in the, in the area. And there is a grand oaken hall that you are led through and the interior structures of the trees almost look like uh, interior buttresses. And uh, you are led there by uh, Olaris and Latanya. Latanya. Lanatra. Sorry. My brain. Train right. Lanatra. You are led there by Olaris and Lanatra. And uh, they... uh, Lanatra murmurs for you to wait a moment. And Alaris goes ahead and she talks to um, a dark-skinned dryad with sort of a yellow-green leaves and bright red berries. Um, uh, her skin is, is a deep mahogany brown. And uh, sitting next to her is a um, beautiful... Um, it, woman of this same sort of elfish type uh, but her skin is yellow and I don't mean like yellow like the color of normal mortal skin I mean like lemon yellow sunshine yellow hmm. um, and her hair is folds of pink and yellow petals something like that Uh, Alaris comes back. Rowan and Dahlia are the protectors of Mithrandain, uh, the Autumn City, and they will uh, see you now. Oh, great! Which one's which? Uh, Rowan is the Dryad. You Dahlia know what they will see, is the What? You know what they will see? They will see us dancing. Mm-hmm. Because not Uh-oh. only not only did Kurgosh donate, but also I think we have to give a special shout out to Old So Tiger. So this Ooh. dance goes out to Kurgosh and Old So Tiger, Old So Tiger who donated at the end of last session. There's no escaping Old the dancing. Never. Kurgosh, Kurgosh, should we pay? And Dichukula, whoever he is, that person, that person. Woo! Thank you! We appreciate you very much! Yay! <laughs> oh, old Zotaker, your words say no, but everything else you do says yes. But your bits say right. yes! Wait, his bits? His yeah, bits. <laughs> no, no, Paige, you made it weird. No, you, you, you made it weird, stop. They're stop. so <laughs> generous. His, his bits are so generous. <laughs> I mean, coming from Malagar, that's just whatever. I don't get it, but if y'all are freaks, then I'm happy to stop. I don't need to get it. Volumnuous. Volumnuous. for the subscriptions. And your bits. Yes. Your bits. All of them. I'm going to get some DM inspiration on here and I'm going to contribute. Wait, what? You heard me. 
No, no. As as your HR representative, Paige, I really must insist no, that you are not stop. Roll <laughs> for such contests. Oh look, the DM inspiration challenge is complete. I don't know what you're talking about, Paige. How did that happen? Great, uh, thank you, right, chat. Right. There never Paige. was a DM inspiration challenge. What do you mean? <laughs> Great news! You get an inspiration <laughs> from chat. Thank you, chat. How did yeah, that happen? happen? You even got time to use it tonight. It's oh. weird. <laughs> All no. right. So, Dahlia and Rowan are the protectors of uh, Mithrin Main, the Autumn City. They said that Rowan was the, the dark-skinned dryad with yellow-green leaves and red berries. And that uh, Dahlia is the flower fae with uh, bright yellow skin and pink and yellow Pedally ruffles like hair. Hey, well, up we go. Alright. You uh, you head that way, and a there's a, a gentle um, uh, sound of some stringed instrument playing in the background from somewhere in the gallery uh, that fades as you walk close, and many of the tall, graceful folk of, uh, of this place step out of the way as you get close and silence pools in the, the grand oak room inside the heart of this tree as you are brought forward. Whew, I'm just glad there wasn't a record scratch to go along with the screen. <laughs> I mean, I should really get a retro- record scratch audio file that I can just... <laughs> <laughs> oh! Uh, so... Uh, greetings and thank you for your time, uh, ladies Rowan and Dahlia, and for having us here in your wonderful autumn city. Uh, I am Belwyn, uh, Princess of Boulder Hall, and I am the cultural attaché and uh, presenter of uh, Victor Toussaint, uh, who is his stoniness. Uh, and uh, we happen to find us, uh, Victor Toussaint, who is a member of. Uh, the Aglarond military. Uh, I and we find ourselves here in your lands and would very much like to uh, both thank you for your hospitality and also uh, go home. Uh, Ross nice. Malagar, you notice that their um, almost their ears seem to prick up at the pronunciation of Victor's name, which is his last name is quite quite Elven in. Uh, in its respects, um, they they seem to get kind of curious again, looking at uh, Victor's uh, prostheses. And I'll, uh, I'll lean over to Malagar and and kind of whisper, "Do you think we should have maybe cleaned up a little bit more before doing this?" I say as I look down at my bloodstained battle armor. Oh, you you are getting judged real hard. Like, I'll give you that one, too. Yeah, if only we had someone with prestigitation to clean us up before we spoke to people. Everyone but Ross is clean? Ross just never (laughs) asked me to clean him. High five, Joe. Um, It's a done deal at this point, and I think someone else has stolen uh, all the eyes in this room. Malachi will actually lean uh, uh, into uh, Victor and go, is your name known here? Uh, my family's relatively well known in the western parts of Aglarant. Uh Maybe I had a famous ancestor that I'm not super aware of 
hopefully he did good things or she hmm. uh you also notice that the mention of Aglaron causes a certain movement of feelings in the room hmm. wait we gave him the feels just by showing up oh this is good um feelings are had feelings are had they're, they're hard to interpret but they seem to be um, intense, but understated. If nothing else, Victor, if everything else goes wrong, didn't the witch say that your sword was of elven nobility or some such? Yes. Right, but we're here with a a lantern. It's different. It's different. Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, We're hoping the mythal will kind of puts its own ticket, I think. Anyway, let's stop. Uh, thank you for your for your time, uh, protectors of the city. Um, so, do you have a policy for uh, the people like us that come seeking uh, asylum and uh, swift return to our own country? Like a return to sender type of deal, or uh... Uh, the one with the the brilliant yellowy skin and delicate pink puddle hair, Dahlia. Dahlia laughs. <laughs> we don't often get visitors from the prime material here. Uh, of course, uh, Olaris has informed us you're not particularly sure how you got here or rather why, but it may have something to do with the mythal you carry. This mythal has been gone from here for a very long time. We would like to see it, please. Wallfire kind of looks to Victor. I give him a, you know, probably should just show him. (laughs) Very eloquent. So, uh, Wildfire will look at Victor, and Victor kind of shrugs like, what What you going to do? Functionally is kind of what I got there. Uh, he will then reach into his uh, pack and pull out a myth. That is when you will start to dance. I will begin to dance! 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 Uh, yeah. You know, all that we're doing now is um, at any time, um, we are reinforcing where our, our viewers can just cause us to dance. So it's like, I attack the dragon and dance. And, and dance. dance! And dance! And dance! And dance with the dragon! <laughs> I'm sure this is in line with uh, a fake force <laughs> protocol anyway. It's <laughs> actually clap. Thank you. All right. So I, I limbered up before I came back from break. <laughs> right. Uh, so a right. wildfire will then pull out of his. Oh pocket. my god! We just got five tier one subs. What? I'm fairly certain Bologna's decided that we're doing the All rest right. of this team. Oh. You can dance. You can yeah, dance. Have a chair for this one. Yeah. Wait, so, I'm so glad to meet you. 
Be faithful. What is the best for you? Thank you so much for those tier one stubs. Codap Games, Tim Chandler, Tim Chandler, Sister Lud, Rando Sigma, and McFroid, Boyd, RD. This dance goes out to you. And to Bologna. I don't twerk for just anybody. <laughs> oh my goodness, a brother flounder with the giftings of. Oh my god. <laughs> ah, party. Silent Keg. Our spirits can. Okay, Musha. Welcome. Woo! <laughs> Uh, okay, so Joe, while we're dancing, uh, I believe you were about to present a mythal. I mean, music off so we can be serious about the mythal. The mythal, uh, serious. What are you talking about, Paige? Our our chat demands we interpretive dance. Dream. <laughs> Sing. Never stopping. <laughs> we all need to be exercise. We do. <laughs> Qualifies for, uh, yeah, fitness game kind of. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I need it. All right. What? Yes, and it needs to be serious because, after all, we did just whip out a magic pistol. What? Right. I mean, the, the page isn't ever going to end. The song. Yeah. There we go. I never actually heard that part of the song before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we never had what was that? Five subs at once. That's crazy. That was six. Six. Seven, eight, eight, seven. I'm going to say eight. A maximum. Eight. A, a maximum. Wow. And then and seven d- gifts. And then yeah. we got a gift sub. Yeah. That's true. Oh my god, we are hype training now. We've done so many subs. <laughs> yeah. Guys, y'all have done so many subs. You've unlocked a new part of the sub dance song. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. And see you. Alright, so, uh, Wildfire will reach into his pack and pull out the mythal, and then kind of hold it face up. <laughs> I mean, it looks like the a plain acorn mm-hmm. with a green leaf attached to it. Um, and, I mean, it looks very pedestrian. Uh, but here, in the Feywild, now that you have it out to look at it for more than uh, uh, all right, this thing is. Uh, this, how do I give bits to the hype train? So you go down and you just give bits, and it counts towards the hype train while you're doing it. Yep. yep. The, hi- the hype train isn't the specific thing. It's just, it's everything. Uh, it's all, right. it's all generated in chat. It's great. <laughs> okay. Yay! Did that do it? I don't see one yet, but. That- that definitely yes, got you, you did it, Paige. Good job. <laughs> okay, enough enough admin of of Twitch. Let's let's play this game. I'm just excited. <laughs> you know what? Run the game. Run the game. Okay. Uh, so in the Feywild, in this city that's part of the beating heart of the Feywild, um, it it has sort of that. Um, a, an iridescent sparkle, and as I said, it, it, it glows faintly, uh, a bright green color. And there's a um, uh, Malagar and Ross. Yeah, the best the rest of you are like pumpkins. Uh, Malagar and Ross uh, 
understand that there is a um, a whole bunch of people in here that collectively just gasped, but are trying to look cool about it. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody else can read that, but uh, with your tens and elevens and. You know what, Paige? I am going to take mental note of uh, how to look cool while gasping from Eladrin. I I feel like that's appropriate. Uh, Sure. Good luck with that. It's like a masterclass. It is. It is. Um, uh, And and there's a a ripple of conversation and and murmur of, uh, of chat through through the room as it's revealed. Dahlia looks at you and says, Oh, well, that is definitely our mythal. I didn't think we would ever see it again. Do you have any idea what you have in your hand, mortal? Not, I mean, not specifically, no. <sighs> She puts a, a delicate hand to her, her bright yellow forehead and says, That is a powerful, powerful magic, and one that many Ladrin willingly gave their, their immortality for. That they left our company to die like mortals, she says with a curl of disdain, shocked, horrified disdain in her voice. Uh, and it's a protective word of immense power. We understand. I don't think you do. No, I mean, I was going to say, we understand it was installed to protect Aglarond in the past, and we wish to place it back there. Hmm. Well, that is indeed a problem. While it was in Agalrond for a long time, we have had our own problems here. Uh, and with its removal originally from Agalrond, that caused a great rift in the Feywild. Normally, you can't get between the Feywild and the Shadowfell without hiking through the Merkin Draw Swamp, which is a um, trial uh, in the extreme. It, it, which is a trial in the extreme. And our two great societies, the Feywild and the Shadowfell, for uncounted millennia have had this swamp between us to keep us out of each other's way. When that, she gestures at the middle, left Agrond, it tore the whole planar architecture asunder. And, uh, well, it, we need it. We need it to protect ourselves and our children against the Shadowfell, which even now encroaches upon us. That mythal was the was the root cause between uh, for a dreadful, dreadful rift in our society. Hmm. 
Hmm. I understand that you need it as well. However, you don't have the Shadowfell uh, tearing its way into your reality. We have a country of necromancers called They tearing its way into our country. Mortals, though. Well, if you don't count the undead and the demons they bind and things like that. Yes, yes. But even if undead, the souls that power them are nonetheless mortal. We mainly only have mortals to contest them, unfortunately. Right, but you know, if you all want to come and take out Faye, we could probably arrange something where you get this back. Like That's true. If you uh, could jaunt over and casually overthrow Thay for us, I am quite confident Agdorand would have no qualms um, surrendering its methyl. Oh, mortals. We could... At that point in time, the Dryad raises a single finger and uh, Dahlia stops talking. That mythal is... Uh, when that mythal... We could. It is not at all beyond our power or our ability to invade this nation of petty human sorcerers and wipe it clean off the map and regrow beautiful forests where once it stood. Wait, all this sounds great. Let's do it. Man, we came to the right place. (laughs) As always and however. There is part of our treaties with the Shadowfell prevent us from interfering at that level uh, with the mortal. Mm. What if we should draw up a new treaty so you could have your swamp back? Oh, it's not mm. our swamp. Well, not entirely. The Merkin Draw is a neutral zone between the Shadowfell and the Feywild. Oh, right, right. I'm very familiar with the neutral zone and how important it is to maintain relations <laughs> between certain federated groups and certain others. I. So what is this mythal then? You said we do not know what it is. A very long time ago, says Rowan. A very long time ago, before man had ever stepped foot in that place. A group of Eladrin wished to go there to see it, to become part of that particular place. Given the Empire of Serpents and the Empire of Giants and the Empire of Dragons that had ruled across it, they felt it might be dangerous. And of course, they were right. So, a generation of Eladrin prepared to move to this place. But in order to protect themselves, they enacted a ritual. Normally the creation of a mythal kills uh, the magi who create it. In this case, the chosen uh, self-sacrifice of the creators was not their lives, but their immortality. Hmm. Uh, As we have no mortal life to, to dispose of. Those ancestors, well, your ancestors, 
those Eladrin moved to your world and became muted, uh, desaturated versions of themselves. Their magic shrank, their beauty withered, their entire being was lesser, but they were in a new place, allowed to explore upon their own. The, the impossibly high mountains that they had uh, settled in became, over many millennia in that place, Agrod. Hmm. As I understand, those mountains have been somewhat humbled by the years. So you said that the removal of the mythal from Agrod is at the root of your problems with the Shadowfell. Would not returning it to Aglaron then set things right? No, the damage is done. When that fool, and she practically growls as she says that, when that fool of a king hauled it out of Aglaron to engage in some petty mortal battle, it caused a tremendous thinning in the Feywild in a place that had once been uh, in places that had once been in the Feywild and also in Aglarond at the same time. I believe this was relatively recently by your time. Uh, well, we still have stories of it, so I guess mm. that might well, be it's recent. Mortals, I suppose. Uh, anyhow, when it left, it allowed the Shadowfell to sneak in through that spot, an invasion force, accompanied by human wizards as well, mortal wizards, which were used much like cannon fodder themselves, as well as all of the other things that thrive in the Shadowfell, undead of various types. And we were ambushed. This happened in the city of uh, Sindrian. Sindrian was the city of winter, one of the, the four primal cities of the Feywild. And we sacrificed that city, not to close the portal, but merely to freeze it and everyone in it in stasis. We didn't win that fight, but we didn't lose it either. We set a tremendous frost guardian over it, and that has been uh, a bandage on the wound. If we had the mythal, we might be able to recover Sindrian, and uh, the Winter Fae would once again have a they are still rather vexed at the fact that their city was uh, was ruined in order to protect all of the big world. Hmm. So your your city is called the Autumn City, is it not? Yes, Mithrindane is the Autumn City. And you have a. Winter city, I suppose there's also a spring and summer city. You called them, I think, primal cities? What does that mean? 
it means that fey of certain types have tended to aggregate in these places. And where they do, the native stuff of the Feywild responds to the desires of those that dwell in it. And so they have remade these areas in whatever form they see fit. Astrozalion is the summer city, and Sindrian was the winter city. The spring city is called Sinaelis. I mean, I guess the issue is kind of these ancient Eladrin are ancient to us. You may have known them personally that created the mythal, created it to protect, you know, the realm of Agarn and the prime material. Subverting their wishes um, might anger the mythal. I mean, it's, its power could probably be tapped to solve all manner of problems in this realm or others but it it might only be content if its power is used for its intended purposes while it may assert itself among mortals i feel fairly certain that among our kind it will know its part in the ecosystem and be willing to do it page i kind of uh, close close my eyes and concentrate on the mythal, seeing if I can kind of make contact with it to divine its will. Okay. Uh, I believe that is a stretching out of your magical senses. So, let's back that up with an arcana roll. Sounds good. I mean, your magical senses are doing real good right now, right? Just remember all that inspiration. Good. That's you true. Alright. Uh, so, you sense that the mythal is happy but not like happy like a person with a personality is happy more like it is achieving or close to achieving its fitness function sure i don't know how you're going to explain that to anybody else that isn't you and me but sure uh, fitness functions yes but it is it's happy to be doing something that it it wants to do and should do does it feel that way about both options does it do, do I do I get the impression that that do I get the impression right obviously in context do I get the impression that going to the winter city is the thing it is it is slightly desirous of um you think that it wants to protect a city sure. or a place and it might have multiple places where it can okay. do that and be okay then it's just uh, my question. so the the dryad Rowan says I feel it is important to protect our distant great-great-great-grandchildren in Agarond. The Feywild has persisted this way a short time, and I don't know that it would be tenable over the long term, but it is not imperative that we solve this problem now. Dahlia turns to her, and her... You can tell her... Um, She's getting emotional, uh, yeah. and her voice, her voice rises and says, But instead of protecting our long-lost grandchildren, who left on their own, I might add, we have our own children here to think about. We have our own children here to protect. And the forces of the Shadowfell have no intention 
of stopping or sleeping when they know they have a way in. They can practically smell victory and it gives them purpose. Rowan looks at her and says, I realize you are guests within our realm. And let it never be said that the hospitality of the Fae is other than exquisite. Please, if you would, we will have rooms prepared to you and food brought to you at no obligation to yourselves, of course. Uh, and let us rest and perhaps let the Fae can be in a council of their own. We can talk on the morrow, I think. Yes, please keep our fleeting lifespans uh, in mind when uh, you know, choosing times of deliberation, yes. Time isn't really a thing here. It that's, doesn't exist. That's the problem. I could certainly use a rest. I think that is very gracious of you as hosts. Yes, thank you for your hospitality. I do um, hope there's some of those savory morsels. Wait, did you say those savory mortals? Mm. <laughs> morsels. Oh, right, agreed. The savory mortals are the little steaks he's carrying around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, he's going to have those lasers. It's going to be midnight snacks for us. Uh, a, uh, a strikingly purple-hued uh, flower fang um, sidles up to you and uh, his eyes are a beautiful display of bright colors between cyan blue and various shades of purple. And he says, my name is Wisteria. I'm more than happy to take your two rooms. Please come this way. I'm sorry, Paige. I suddenly got the urge to poison the hell out of this fairy because fuck Wisteria. <laughs> Wisteria is a beautiful plant in its native habitat where it is not an invasive species. Mm -hmm. Or so we gotta, playing we, our backyard. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta poison that piece of wisteria out back. <laughs> you know, your problems with the bamboo and wisteria in your own yard, I mean, you probably have fucking zebra mussels out there by now. You have so many invasive species. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think the only Don't bring other them thing, into my game. Don't put that evil on me. I think the only other thing you could have done to trigger me more was to, would be to have a fairy fly up and say, my name's Bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take a swing at that point. I have no choice. Hey. What? We just would have been bamboozled then. Really? <laughs> hey. Well, no one, no one here needs inspiration because we all have it already. So, mm. Kurgosh, Kurgosh, you get the inspiration for that one. You take that to your DM at your next D and D game, and you let them know that you have inspiration for Ben's terrible pun. Paige said so. Oh crap! I. I meant to make some of those that we could actually print out for the page. Oh, points of inspiration that we can mail to people? No, I love could, it. No, no, they could just go to our website and print them Download out. Download it. We're nice. on an honor system here. In you know, like, mail is a thing. Uh, yes. What we should do is have, like, a QR code that goes back to the moment in the video there you, you go. see this. Yeah. You know, I've heard about That's these. That's a good project for Andrew. Or about uh, these NFTs that you yes. can sell. Actually, no. Andrew's really busy right now. That sounds like a good project for Ron. Mm. Make I it an, an NFT. Like, yes. 
I will okay, so back to this game. Seamlessly incorporated into our UI by 2032. I love it. <laughs> so I think we are all interested in resting. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Not two point in being overly cautious. We're kind of at their mercy. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're shown to a suite of rooms. Uh, there, uh, let's see, there are five of you. So it's three rooms, each has a double bed in it that are connected to kind of a central um, den, as it were, with a privy off to one side. Um, there is a uh, a, a, a buffet table on the side with uh, a variety of covered dishes and a basket full of fruit. None of the fruit is recognizable to y'all, but it all smells very good. Mm. Um, and there's fresh flowers in the room, and not to Ross, of course. I pick As, up a square fruit and I begin eating it. <laughs> yes, tastes like watermelon. Uh, of course it does. Uh, the There is a pitcher of uh, water that still has kind of a dew of coldness on it. And there are three bottles of wine. They are not labeled. And there is a uh, opener next to them. As well as a set of glasses and plates and napkins and forks and whatever. So what are you thinking, Victor? Are we going to keep this thing from them? It... I think it's kind of up to them. Um, I'd like to leave here either with a mythal or with, you know, a strong show of support from them in our realm. Uh, maybe if they keep it, some of the portals could be reestablished, maybe? I don't know. But I think they're probably going to decide amongst themselves and then tell us what's going to happen. I think we get to make a choice here. I don't don't know that we're going to just... They just don't get to decide for us in this context. I I don't know that we could stop them if they decided to take it by force. I mean, they wouldn't even have to really attack us, right? They could just leave us in a luxurious quarters and eventually we'd just die. Oh, I will meet with you tomorrow. They'll just say over and over again until we're dead. I now look around at our our, our luxurious quarters with a lot more suspicion than I previously did. You mean our gilded cages? Our gilded cages. I mean... I, I think if, if they were intent not giving us a choice, they would just not give us a choice. Yeah, like the you have shutters that open, and you're like two stories up, so you're a little tall, but not like you could scamper out on branches and stuff. You don't feel like it'd be that difficult. Uh, the feather ball. Yes, and uh, you know your door's not locked or anything. Windows, it doesn't even have an ability to lock. Nor do your windows. Mm, that way, we have no privacy either. We're free. We're free to roam wherever we want inside the Feywild. Yeah. Which gets us, you know... I, I, I go over to the door and stick my head out. Is there, like, a attendant there or something? No. Is there a bell we can ring? There's often a bell. Yeah, there's a bell. Ooh, I hand you the bell. I ring a bell. 
All right, it, it, the tones of the bell are piercingly beautiful. Um, and within five minutes, uh, Wisteria uh, ambles back up the hall. Is there something you need, Wildfire? Um, I was wondering if uh, there was some sort of library you would have access, that I could get access to. I'm interested in what exactly happened to Sendrain. Sendrain? Sindrian. Sindrian. I'm bad at saying words. It's the Eladrin is a little bit. Yeah, Sindrian. Yes. Like, y'all talk with the uh, equivalent of, like, super backwoods accents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey now, y'all got one of them libraries where I can read about them? Yeah, library. 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 Um, but you like, I believe everybody here speaks Elvish, <laughs> except for Bell with Court. I don't know speak that. Yeah, nope. they do speak Common as well, but like any Elvish you use is like, I ain't from around here. <laughs> or the thereof. It's very um. It's very different than the the high elven spooky. See, but if the high elven Well it's not even high elven, it's Eladrin, which is beyond it's super high elven. But wouldn't that make it like they're talking in Shakespearean and we're talking in Jive? They're the I mean, ones that sound silly, not us, Paige. Fair. I'm All sure from a specific like point of view. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep, I agree. You all sound silly. <laughs> Thank so, you. So, Wisteria says, I, yes, there's a library. Um, what, what languages are you capable of reading? Uh, common and primordial. Uh, well, well, any language with enough preparation. I can read any language with, with a little preparation. Oh, well, then I guess the language of the books won't be an issue. Then, uh, this way, please. And he takes you on kind of a, a long jaunt. Uh, he walks at a, a very slow amble um, and points out various sites, like this was one of the ancient kings of uh, the Feywild, and that was one of the ancient queens of the Feywild, and that was a member of the Knights of the Rose who fought a great battle against Fremorian giants that were trying to get in. So it's it's kind of a history lesson as well. And sure. it's, Obviously, a grand and noble place with a with a large history. Um, and after a while, you are reach a library which has a door, and this door actually has a lock on it. Uh, he opens it immediately, as if it is not locked, and uh, you see a variety of books on shelves. The room is about twenty or thirty feet on a side. It's irregularly shaped because every room here is irregular. Um, and uh, the writings on the spines of the books are in a dozen different alphabets. Sure. Uh, he says they're organized by subject, but it was by subject according to Rowan's tastes. Mm. So mm. I'll wander around here and see if I can find what I'm looking for. All right. Do you want me to stay here? Do you know how to get back to where your rooms are? Paige, do I think I know how to get back to where our rooms are? I mean, probably. You might have to ask for directions in the statuary hall, but you you got it mostly. I'll be fine. Thank you. Okay. He uh, nods and uh, uh, 
actually, before he leaves, he's like, can you see in the dark? Do you need a light? I can see in the dark, thank you. Rub it in. (laughs) (laughs) His head is on fire, so that... Right. Yes. Uh, Wister is just being polite. He says, if that, um, if you would enjoy light, there are candles and uh, a flint in that uh, uh, cabinet there. Thank you. I, I do not think they will be required, but I appreciate it. Good. And then he leaves. So Paige, I'm going to spend some time reading up on what, trying to find books on what happened to this city and like what was done there to kind of seal it off. Okay. Make me a, I find the right book in a completely foreign library in a bunch of languages I don't speak, organized by an immortal dryad. Sure, I can make an investigation check. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, gosh. But can you? Like, can so, I? The answer is uh, nay. Nay, you're good uh, at that. So the answer is yes, It just course. takes time. It, it takes most of the night. That's fine. It is very slow glowing. Slow glowing. Slow going. Also slow glowing. Several books do, in fact, glow. Uh... So uh, you find uh, a personal journal that is an account of um, uh, a person who apparently uh, was there at the fall of Sindrian. And um, uh, it is her uh, letters to one of her children about the fall of Sindrian over a series of well, I mean, dates aren't really a thing here. Sure. But the handwriting, you can see, you know, is in several different pens on several different kinds of paper. and They're all just bound into this book. So I'm, I'm trying to get an idea for, like, what was done to kind of seal it off. And, and in some ways, I'm trying to figure out, like, what the moving the mythal caused, like, what kind of tear it caused, right? Because, like, there, there's got to be some other way than using the mythal to reseal it. That's the sure. theory I'm working off of. Sure. Um, it may be harder, right, than just like, you know, apply mythal to forehead, but like, we're big damn heroes. We can do something heroic. All right. Uh, so in this personal account, this uh, uh, the writer appears to be a scholar of planes. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talks about how... Um, there's, hmm. well, you're pretty thorough, and I guess she'd know. All right, so she talks about how the Feywild and the Shadowfell were originally one particular plane, mm-hmm. that, and everybody decided to, things happened, and then the planes split apart. She's not sure. particularly clear on that. And they're connected in the middle by the Merkindraw. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a um, an almost umbilical scar mm-hmm. between the two where they were separated that is actually under the uh, trees of Mithrandain, and the uh, Fae here guard it zealously. Like you get the impression that this the writer feels like Mithrandain is an armed camp above this. Uh, this scar to the Feywild that could open. Sure. Or scar to the Shadowfell that could open. Um, 
and she talks about that in various letters. And then uh, there's a finally a different letter comes, and she's like, "I've I've had to evacuate from Cinderian, and I'm one of the lucky ones. Uh, your sisters didn't make it, nor did uh, your father. Um, the 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 mythal moving from Agarond. So the mythal caused Agarond and parts of the Feywild to be essentially the same place. Mm-hmm. And when the mythal was removed, they were ripped apart, hmm. which left an opening for the forces of the Shadowfell to enter the Feywild. And because that rip could not be repaired, what they basically did is the Fae got together and said, we need to make a huge self-sacrifice in order to seal this off. And it was a contentious decision because mm-hmm. you're a society deciding which city's going to die. And the Winter Fay drew the short end of the stick. Okay. They weren't as compelling. They weren't as numerous. They weren't as well-liked. Uh, and Cinderine uh, was chosen to be basically the sacrifice that would seal that hole shut. Mm-hmm. And it didn't destroy it, and it didn't remove it. It just put a pretty good plug on it. Um, she speculates if someone could um, make it through the ruins of Cinderian, which are currently a real bad place. Mm-hmm. She says they're haunted by the, the ghosts of Aladrin. Uh, who were killed in the process. There's a bunch of frozen statues. There's a bunch of frozen guardians there that you get the impression actively are hunting things down that get in there because they would hunt down any shadow folk that came through. Um, and make their way through to the Shadowfell and somehow repair the rift on that side. That might be a way to get it through, but no creature of the Feywild survives long in the Shadowfell without um, succumbing to the Shadowfell. Sure. It's not that they die, they just become part of the Shadowfell rather than the Feywild. So I would know that, like, the... I would presume, right, like, given my studies, that I would think that the effect on someone from the Prime Material of both the Shadowfell and the Feywild are functionally equivalent, right? They're like they're like positive or negative poles, and we're all uncharged lumps of nothing? Pretty much. Uh, if you stay in one place too long, you will start picking up characteristics of it. Um, I would imagine we'd have that even here, though, so... Yeah, even in the, eventually. The, the, oh, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. If you stay there long in the Feywild long enough, you will start taking on Fey characteristics. Um, which might explain why Silvio was so frightened of his draw to the Feywild. Mm-hmm. Because it might... Uh, you, I mean, you'll have to talk to Silvio about that, of course. Right. But you get the impression that, particularly for any Fey who is not in the Feywild, once you get in the Feywild, you finally become yourself, and it becomes very difficult. Right. Um, and if you if a, if a mortal stayed too long in the Shadowfell, they would be affected by the Shadowfell. In fact... Sure. Um, Make me another I know things about the Shadowfell check. I would accept Arcana or History. There's my Arcana, there's my History. Well, there you go. 
Um, so there's a whole race of humans, mortals, who ended up in the Shadowfell somehow. Mm-hmm. And uh, were lost, basically. And they pledged themselves to the Raven Queen. And as they stayed there for a couple of gener- generations, they became the Shadow Cop. Completely different from a human being. Sure. Um, so, so there's a real danger in staying to the Shadowfell or the Feywild for too long. But doing so means going through Sindrian, the fallen city of winter, going, finding a way through all that mess to actually get into the Shadowfell or finding another independent way to get to the Shadowfell and then making your way to the Scar. Uh, and then trying to fix it on that side. And she's at a loss for how to fix it. But she did theorize that someone could get to the other side. They might be able to fix it. She's just not sure how. Yeah, she. Uh, you got the impression she was a scholar more than a mage. Sure. So she doesn't um, fully grok all the mechanics of the spell casting of take to fully separate the Shadowfell and the Feywild there. So I kind of look around in the library. Like a missile could absolutely put a good solid wall there. Repair, repair the tear as long as it stayed there Mm -hmm. uh, and seal that permanently as long as it was there and Sindrian could absolutely be rebuilt. Sure. Rebuilt and reclaimed. Mm. It also explains why there's a fuckload of pissed off Winterfag. They have a Mm -hmm. very bad rap. This could be why. So like given what I know of magic and like I can certainly spend more time hanging out in this fun library. Uh, I might never leave here, actually. Uh, it is a magnificent library. It's not super large, but each book is extremely well-crafted, and they bring viewpoints and knowledge that you could never have found in libraries in Aguilarond. I mean, Joe, I think I know the answer to this, but you did leave the mythal with us, right? Nope. Oh, okay, great. So yeah, when you never return from the library, we're good. We're just done, right? Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Okay. But don't um, stress. He's only been there a decade. Uh, you know, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Well, I mean, you said he was there, like, all through the night, and I'm sure the rest of us want to do things while he's researching. Yeah, but, like, you're not sure day and night last the same number of hours, or the same kind of hours. So, for the next, for the next time, unit of time, I'm going to spend thinking about, like, is there some other way I could come up with to repair this breach besides using the mythal, right? Um, right, like, we're, we're, we're in a somewhat unique position I mean, my companions are because we're mortals, right? So we could theoretically go to the Shadowfell if there was something that needed to be done from like both places or both sides or something like that, right? There wasn't some way to use the mythal to, if like obviously the mythal can do it, 
if there's some other way to do it, I'm going to spend some time kind of researching that. Okay, make me an eye research planar repair roll. Sure. Eye rolls All right. fun tonight. You've gotten your one crit, sir. <laughs> um, so it's really complicated. Like you're sure. matters of planar mechanics and uh-huh. uh, doing things to the weave that was just not meant to be done. Uh-huh. Uh, not only that, the weave works very differently here. It's more like a flow rather sure. than a weave. Uh, so it's pretty complicated, but you think if you you kind of almost get it, and if you got together with some uh, learned wizards who might have a better grasp on planar mechanics, sure, then you might have you might figure out a way. Like you almost got it. Sure. All right. I have some theory, workable theories. I need someone to bounce them off of. Yep. Okay. Then I'll head back. At some point in time, wildfire arrives. The what? food and drink are delicious. I've been gone for a while. There are other players that want to do stuff. Like, okay, so have some player equity here. Why? Are, sorry, I am completely wrong. Down with wizards uh, getting all the time. Yeah. Well, so. Wildfire leaves. Tell me what the party's like when he's gone. Oh, Victor's there. There still won't be a party. I mean, I could relax. I unbuttoned my top button. Whoa, <laughs> you're practically naked. Party animal! <laughs> I'm like... I'm regarding the offered fruit with interest while eating, you know, some bread and cheese. Like the Ma- cheese is that good kind of cheese that makes your face prickle down here. And uh, the bread is just soft, and but the outside is nice. It has a nice kind of chewier texture. Victor's happy. Malagar has taken full advantage of the hospitality. He has found a a, a rather uh, maroon silk robe from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, he's he's taken <laughs> off his boots and pants and. It's probably not much under the robe, but he's got these fuzzy slippers on as well, and he's sort of, uh, you know, sitting with his feet propped up while he, oh, he also enjoys some of this cheese. And, boy, he's he's really been gone a while at that library. I'm just more for us, I guess, as he uh, pours himself another cup of wine. Andrew, I I do have to ask. Yes, does this replace? The embroidered silk robe that says spirits on it. I haven't worn that in a while. I mean, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, is Malagar the kind of person that's like, the silk robe is included in the price of the room, so you might as well take it with you when you're done. <laughs> that is exactly what he would say. Normally, yes, but this is the Feywild, so... <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yes. I mean, Ross is going straight for the kebabs. <laughs> you know, Victor, I didn't, um, I didn't follow everything they said there. But it sounds like whatever this mythal does for Aglarond, it is of equal, if not greater, importance to the elves. Yeah. And uh, also, 
You could consider our primary objective is to keep the mythal out of the hands of the Thans, who are going to use it to crack open Aglaron like a nut. What um, better way to do that than to leave it in the protection of the Feywild? It seems as though they might be incentivized to stop Thay from getting it. Agreed. And we know if we give it to the head uh, Aglarondians after a hundred years, they're just going to get an idea in their head to use its power to you know, win a naval war or something and sail off with it. So. <laughs> yeah, except now you've got a Simbark council, so can you imagine the paperwork, paperwork that would be required? Well, I mean, the good news is they'll never, it'll be, they'll just never agree on anything, so it won't ever leave. Exactly. That's true. So it is a little safer now with the council. Can you imagine what the elves think about it now? About the council? Well, about the fact that the mythal left. Oh. Well, I imagine, like, literally no one was happy with the king's idea, but that's the problem with kings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, it's possible that uh, Wildfire is even now coming, with, coming up with ideas. Um, and it sounded like one of the one of the leaders felt like we should take it with us so it's possible they're you know they'll just say we can we can leave we will see i'd like to get something from them though i'm sure they'll do their best to convince us though at some point in time one of you notices on the windowsill there is a white fox cat looking creature with uh, pink paws and a pink tail and pink ears and blue eyes with ribbons uh, that is just quietly watching you. He heard about the treats. See what happens, Belwyn? Well, before that happens, Belwyn says, well, this is, uh, this is a nice place. I'm going to go out and see what I can learn. And uh, if I can see about spicing up some trade and something <laughs> worth doing around here. So uh, I'll be back in a bit since apparently we're all just fucking off. And uh, just, you know, Send me or whatever. Godspeed, Bellwood. Toodles! <laughs> um, I am out of that scene, but by all means, you can still blame me for the fox showing up. <laughs> it's not exactly a fox, but it's not exactly a cat. Definitely is not exactly a dog, but has elements of all three. But it's got kind of long, upright ears like a bunny. Wait a second. Is this the creature that shows up at the end of every session when we run out of time? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I thought, right? Malaga yeah. just, just looks at the creature and goes, good evening. It looks at you with its beautiful sky blue eyes oh and closes them slowly. And you'll have to see what happens with it next week. No! Yeah, he tried so hard to be like, this is the end of the session thing, right? Paige's like, no, it's over when I say it's over. Paige is the DM. I say it's over. It's like she's the DM or something. Gross. Yeah. Cruel mistress. Yes. Cruel All right, so let me, let me talk us out of this. Can't talk your way out of this. With the last minute, 
<laughs> so we have a bunch of inspiration that we're just gonna have to use up next week. I mean, Paige, you've, you've literally made it rain tonight. Mm. I mean, talk about making it rain. Our our audience made it rain tonight. Uh, they Thank sure you very did. Much. They sure did. Our, our, yes. Our I do love that at one point in time our audience was trying to get a uh, hype train going just like a single bit at a time. Hey, every bit counts. Yep. That's every what bit the government same. tells us anyway. Yep. All right. So with that, we must regrettably say good night to you, our dearest, dearest friends. But I have to put on the correct music. You do. <laughs> Where's the music? Everybody like, wait for it. We're all in position yeah. here. Places. All right. Thank you, dear friends, for joining us on this adventure. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Thank you, chat, for inspiration. I promise I will use both points to whip their asses next week. Oh, God. Uh, we love yes. having you with us. We'd like to thank our listeners and supporters. Uh, oh my goodness, the, the list goes on tonight. We've got Kurgosh, Chikuva, uh, Um Maxim, Bologno, Brother Flounder, um, and uh, Bologno for all of the gift tiers and everyone that got those welcome. Um, everybody who cheered tonight, Codep Games, um, just, just quickly go over the Old Slow Tiger. Uh, thank you everybody for really participating tonight. Please join us next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to see what happens next and follow us yes. to, to adventure! adventure.